Hollywood has a lot of like studios for recording and then dancers. All the studio dancers city. live in North Hollywood or Studio City. So you get some fly. You know what's funny there. is there's actually dancers. there's actually a pretty substantial not strippers, we're talking actual dancers and like choreographed dancers and videos. And I mean, shit. obviously oh, a lot of rappers too. from all over the country, you know, navigate here yeah. to to further their career. People from all entertainment realms. Right. But there's actually a substantial um, scene coming out of the valley, believe it or not. Oh, like a, a local scene of yeah. Like, so like, what's, well, who? Like what artists? Because well, you 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 are on the pulse. You know, well, what's funny know. is I don't know the song that I put at the end of your last podcast that you weren't feeling. Oh yeah, that dude is from the valley. Oh, are we not? I'm allowed surprised to say his name? you didn't. Are we not allowed to say his name? Man. No, we don't you can say his name. name. Shakewell. Uh, I don't know. It, it just uh, sonically, it wasn't like my. Shit. That's surprising, man. I'm fucking. Very the beat was by Mikey the Magician, one don't, of his better don't ones. Know who that and is. Shakewell, I don't like necessarily love him as a rapper. Um, nor do I love Mikey Magician as a producer. But you know, it was both of their better. You know, production. Yeah, production. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I production mean, dude, and the, raps. And the, uh, West Coast or, or Southern California in particular has had a very good. Last some years, uh, hip hop wise, a lot of big artists, very successful. Yeah, artists a lot of people do get confused though, as to who actually came from here, you know. But I mean, dude, fucking Kendrick, schoolboy, that whole TDE. Yo, crew, Kendrick's, SZA, Kendrick's that's a all, sensitive topic for me, man. You but I'm know just that. saying that's all LA based. Schoolboy, uh, I like better than they're, Kendrick. They're very successful, regardless if you like them or not. Right, they've been good. Of for course, LA, of course, right? of course. TDE. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and then you know, there's you the, know what's fucked up the is Dom Kennedy's uh, I actually um, veggies I go back with. With this dude Justin Tyson, who I literally worked with from day one. He sounds Universal. like a producer or an R and B singer. A and R. Okay. I'm and sure. I worked with <laughs> I worked with him at day one at Universal, or since day one at Universal. And he left to go work with some like no name startup called TDE Top Dog Entertainment. Visionary. And yeah, but this is what's fucked up, man. This is like typical music business shit. Or did he bail before they blew? Nope. Oh. Um, you know, <laughs> I keep basically the wrong nails. you know, made it all happen, made all the connections, plugged it all in, and then once it popped, oh, that was it. He was done. What, oh, they cut him loose or whatever? Yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I don't know exactly what happened. All I know is the timing of the situation, and the timing is very curious. <laughs> I mean, dude, that's you uh, are kind of summarizing the perils of the music Typ- industry yeah, that I always, music I always talk shit. about exactly. and complain exactly. about. And like dudes in your line of work, like I feel like that's something I couldn't do because that's always around the corner. Well, that's why that's I always, always tell, that's why corner. I always tell people, I wish I learned this like literally in fucking grammar. But school. they don't, what do you, how you do you guys contract, not know that shit? contract? Oh yeah. Because right. they'll tell you early on, like when I was an intern, right. And I was just gunning for an, an assistant You don't spot, even want to stop right? for a contract. You just want to Dude, get your foot you can, in. You can't get a contract. Yeah, because I'll be like, fuck you, next. You can't get a contract, right? But then you become a regional radio promotion director, right? A contract is an option. If you're that good, you can negotiate for a contract. Most people pass it up because they're like, why? I'm going to lose my they, opportunity. Oh, because they'll be like, I don't want to give blow my you opportunity. There's a, think about it. God, it's when a enter, this dog. is the problem with entertainment in general, music and film. So many okay? people want that role. Everybody wants to be involved in it. Mm. So if you don't want to do this for 10 cents yeah, it's, an hour yeah, somebody and else no is. contract, somebody else will. Right? What a parallel, Rocco, that you draw to 
the situation in the United States right now, everyone would be tripping about illegal immigrants, people working these jobs, and those. that's how bigger corporations and companies decided to give jobs to people because, yo, you know what, fuck, man, I don't want to pay you all this wage and this shit. I'm going to, these guys are going to do it for less and, and you know, and, and they would just undercut the uh, other workers and shit like that. And, uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a classic business practice. And in capitalism, it is it a thrives. classic business it practice. Thrives. This is the thing, though, that I, that I learned in at least music, okay, is it's a veiled threat because the bottom line is- You want to keep your if job? They, no, not even oh. that. If the higher-ups know that you know your shit and can do what they need done, they'll give you whatever the fuck you want, man. They will not come in with some dude that'll undercut you. Because they, they value your skill that much. Absolutely. That's good. So, well, like, not to name names, but, you know, I've known, like, A&Rs, for example, right, who, I mean, it's sad I had to learn it this way, but, you know, I wish I knew this early on so I could have followed their footsteps. But... Prove their prove their worth, and what's unfortunate to me and my perspective is they didn't prove their worth as far as I'm concerned because the artist they signed didn't blow, didn't blow, didn't succeed monetarily, but the bottom line is they kept the bosses happy. So when it came time to renegotiate, how are the bosses happy if the artist that they got, signed and brought got, in didn't you, you bring got, in the revenue? You got me. You got me. I know me. the other side of the spectrum, whereas you have like radio promo dudes that are no question just, you know, upping the bottom line, oh, like yeah. insurmountably, right? Those dudes make sense to me, how they were able to renegotiate yeah. with a sick contract and blah, blah, blah. Um, the dudes that, you know, like the ANRs, for example, that signed jack shit and didn't add to the bottom line and whatever. Um, who knows what they were doing? But the bottom line is it all comes down to... All those dudes just grabbing their sack and being like, um, I'm taking this or I'm leaving. And the reason I never looked at it that way is because what I, what I never realized is your experience coming from where I came from, right? Seeing all these guys yeah. is enough to get you the next gig. And they saw that and I didn't, right? So... Uh. So, for example, there was actually some people that grabbed their sack and were like, give me this or I'm leaving. And they were like, then you're leaving. <laughs> and guess what? Called that bluff. They left and they, and they and went from Universal to Sony. And crushed it. For, you know, 30% more salary and a better contract and blah, 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 blah. You know, yeah, that's that, the music business. The, it's musical chairs. The, that knowledgeable voice right there is a damaged goods alum, good friend. Uh, on the low, he's very involved with damaged goods sounding so fucking awesome and radical for you. My man, Rocco Machetta, good yeah, friend, yeah, producer, yeah. fucking industry vet, cool motherfucker, technological savvy dude, a knowledgeable man about film and arts. Good dude. Making me sound way, no, no, no. way better than we I am. We inflate our egos on damaged goods. <laughs> but uh, it, it's like, um, you know, it's funny, uh, the A&R thing, man. I was talking about this um, on Raining Real, a show on Dash Radio. I co-host with DJ Beans, fucking Dash Radio, Native Rhymes. Check great, it out. Great show. We were uh, we were discussing this with our guest the other day because he had A&R'd a bunch of shit in, in you know, the digital age, the changing of music and, and like the role of the A&R anymore. It's right? so different. There used to be artist development. They used to say, okay, there is talent here. But we you, gotta, You've we, known me since before yeah, I got, of course. before I got, you know, you've known me since the beginning of college. Yeah. That's what I wanted to be as an A&R. 
right? But, because you wanted to take talent, you wanted to develop. Shape what I things. wanted to do was what A and R used to be. Exactly. Well, that that was what I was about to get to. Exactly. The role of an A and R is different now, and I wonder if it even is necessary because they don't they don't want to develop labels don't want to spend the time and money to develop an artist now right they want everything in line they want your social media numbers great they want a lot of work done so they can just take someone who's already got a little traction and really put a little bit of a machine behind them and do well right so what is an a and r doing now like i'm not i'm not shitting i'm just asking no you're 100 right the only the only um opposition i give to that when people ask me that is adele and xl in general really but especially adele Right. So when XL you, Recordings. You know Adele, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Right? Who's Adele signed to? I don't I don't think I don't pay attention. Everybody everybody that thinks they know who she signed to says Columbia. And she is, right? For international distribution. But she's really signed to XL Recordings, which is a small boutique English label. And they just got an L distribution dig? Yes, but developed her. So remember Chasing Pavements, her first album? I just know that big hit, dude. That's all Most I people don't remember it. I, okay? I don't fucking know. But it's, yeah. it's not memorable, right? The point being is that they're the old archetype. They run the old model. They saw Adele and they were like, here's this. I'm not going to say fat because that's just wrong. She's in, she never was. Challenge. Horizontally challenged. But she challenge. never was fat. She was fat in like top 40 standards, okay? She, Entertainment standards for Exactly. Looks are very exactly. Harsh, very exactly. She was in Especially most top artist. forty American record business people's eyes, not the person that they want to sign. Right? XL was like, I don't give a fuck. This girl has the most amazing voice I've ever heard. True. Um, her songs are, you know, could use a little improvement. We'll, we'll find so wait, the right writers. Oh no, my fault. Continue. continue. We'll find Shut the right writers. Check. We'll find the right producers. Blah blah blah. Her first album is actually, in my opinion, pretty fucking good, right? But it all came together on her second album. Okay, that was what I was going to ask. Was the first one the one with the big hit, or did they have to go put all this development, work and time, and still not see anything come to fruition? Exactly, exactly that, exactly that. So they are the old archetype, right? And the only reason they're able to do that is because she's not directly signed to Columbia. So they didn't have to get Columbia money to develop her. They did, but they spent it the way they wanted to. You feel me? So what like is as the opposed, way they want So when to. it came to the first album, right? If you have a subsidiary label deal, like XL has with Columbia for Adele, you get X amount of money. As opposed to taking 100% of that money and putting it towards promotion, marketing, blah, Videos. blah, blah, right? They were like, no, we're going to figure out what works best for this girl. And once we figure that out, then we're going to exploit it from here on out. So in your opinion, what do you think they found that worked best for her her voice? Um, No, her voice is what got her signed and her voice is what got her so heavily backed by XL. What got her to her second album was the discovery of what producers and writers she worked best with. Just like Amy Winehouse, right? Like True, Amy, first album, Under the Radar, get fucking Mark exactly. Ronson and Salam Remy, but second what album, The Shit. what she puts, puts together with the Dap Kings? Like, all of a sudden, she's a different artist. 100% different artist. Production is huge. Exactly. So, that's what they did. They took all that money and experimented, right? And basically did, you know, what Republic did with Amy Winehouse 
experiment, right? Find their version of the Dap Kings, which is actually multiple different producers. And next thing you know, you have Adele, right? Yeah. Literally, most people don't know Adele's first album. I fucking just learned right now. Exactly. But I don't really, my, I'm not on the pop radar with my ears. But yeah. It's yeah. not pop, man. XL, if you look at XL, their roster, I mean, Dude, their their rosters far from pop. But but outside of a small like massive attack is on. XO. But a, out of a sm, outside of small little labels like that, are any of the? It's not small. Hit- that's what I'm saying. It's not oh, it's small. Not, okay. No, then, I, I mean it is a it is an in, quote unquote independent. Are there any ANRs doing the old school model like what you wanted to do? Are yes. there dudes who are actually finding yo this guy's yes, super there are. tight, yes, this there chick are. is super tight, yes, let's there work are. on her? And our labels are like, yeah, you know what, we're down. Or I, I would just there are. assume there the are. labels are all on this point. Like, nah, we want something laid out easy. We pick them up. We we put a little money behind. Don't work. Fuck them. Let's get the next one. No, nah, there are. As much as I would like to say that there aren't, and I would like, like to be can, that can cynical. Can you give us some uh, examples if you know? Share some of your insider knowledge. Um. That actually sign people, let me think, off the like, top. Like sorry. artists that were quote-unquote successful or made an impact or whatever. Like that, uh, you know, they didn't get filtered uh, out. Oh, you quick. know what? I forget his name, but uh, the kid at Republic, he was like an intern, man. He brought Post Malone to uh, Wendy, what's her name? Um, Wendy Day? No. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Wendy Williams? No, no, no. I forget her last name, but, but you know, that got him a job and and- even then, when when he got a job out of that, I was like, "Really? Look at Post Malone now, man!" Like, yeah, dude. Shout out to my boy Billy Walsh. Fucking grew up with this dude in JP. Wrote and most not for of, nothing, man. He got for that fucking hit, yeah, dude. My hits. boy did a lot of that writing, man. Shout out Billy. So uh, that does Mr. still Complete. exist, and I and I know way more. I mean, I you know, if I was prepared for that question, I could think of more. But what I definitely know off the top more of is the A and R's. That this this is the other thing. People get. People don't understand is that A and R encompasses a lot. Okay, everybody wants to be an A and R to sign the next hot artist. Yeah, they want to okay? be finding talent. What they don't understand is that it doesn't end there, right? You have to work the artist. You have to put them in the studio with the right producers and songwriters and yada yada mm-hmm. yada. And above and beyond that, because the music business is such a game of musical chairs. What often happens is, and I'm talking often happens is, you go from Sony to Universal, right? Let's, let's say you go from Epic to Republic. Are you talking about an artist or an A&R? A&R. Okay. Let's say you go from Epic to Republic. All of a sudden, now you're A&Ring a bunch of artists you didn't sign. So they, so now you have an A and R that doesn't necessarily believe in the yeah, artist that he's working, jump. right? Yeah. So that's that's the other. You know, the flip side of the coin. I know yeah. a bunch of A and artists or, or a bunch of A and R's rather that are really good at pivoting and just, you know, like in music in general. You gotta have a real open ear for I guess. Yeah, and if I've taste. seen them bounce from like Warner to Sony to Universal to this to that. And, you know, the roster of artists that they get aren't even necessarily similar to the ones that they had before. So it's one thing if you go from Warner to Sony and your artists are pop at Warner, your artists are pop at Sony. But what if your artists at Sony are a little urban leaning? Yeah, yeah. Right? And then you get some pop or rock dudes over at this Exactly, joint. yeah. It's a whole different It's a whole different ball game. There's a lot that people don't understand about I've, that. Uh, some of the a and I've known 
who do, you know, get an artist signed and stuff, they have so much passion. They they feel super involved because like, like I found this person or these guys or whatever. I really dig them. I have his vision. I could I see their vision. We share it. Maybe I think they could be super successful. And they they fight for it. I've seen it. It's really passionate. It's cool. And they fight for it. But I guess I would it would suck to be like thrown. Hey, here's a bunch of artists. Work them, and you don't don't actually like or you don't believe in their ability for a success or a far reaching fan base or what have you. Yeah, that's the unfortunate fact is that I mean, you know as how do as you just, you I mean look the funk what do you try back, to do? Back just in the day, the right in college, that's why I wanted to be an NR because I I wanted, I wanted to, to sign artists that you had faith in work them until the day they retired. Yeah. Like I, that's the old as dumb as that that's sounds. That's the old image I think of the music industry it, a lot of people, it, it, people outside did that. music have. People like, did that's that. What they do. Exactly. Yeah. Um unfortunately, you know what you're talking about, the people you're talking about right now is you sign an artist, man, you'll be lucky to be at the same label yeah, when their when their so album fast. is released if it's released. And then if I, it's I always released. was under the impression that like sometimes if an AR signed an artist, right? And then that AR left the label or was fired or went elsewhere, that artist might get lost in the shuffle because the person uh, who brought them all the time. isn't making happens the priority. So now you're fucked as the artist. I won't name shelved. the I won't name the ANR's name. But I'll name the artist name because I fuck Nicole, with him you so heavy. Out, you, you can you can say it. What the, the artist? artist name? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll say the okay, artist cool. name because I fuck with him so uh-huh. heavy, bro. Like this dude is honestly, I don't care how anybody feels about him as a rapper. Free he's one of the realest. He's one of the realest artists I've ever met. Um, Mayno. Okay, he was signed to Motown. An artist signed him. You know, got canned right for whatever political reasons. And Mano was just left in the shuffle. That happens a lot, dude. But you know what, though? God bless Mano, man. Worked he hard. came back with his his biggest single I still to this day. No, it, it was, was actually... Um, the one with T-Pain? It oh, might have been the one with T-Pain. What, what was it? Fuck, dude, I don't know. I just Hands in the end. Yeah. That joint, right? Yeah. And that dude was just so fucking real, man. He was... But yeah, was it the same label that he was brought in by that a nope. who no, left? left the label. And then how did he get where he got? He would just... Ended up somewhere Cause else. Cause he's a real dude. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, there's le- leg- legendary uh, tales and shit yeah. about dudes like that. But a kind of artist like there's him. There's a is, lot. There's a lot that said you know. There's con- not a lot of uh, you're locked in on a contract. Yeah, but no, if I'm you're uh, that real, the <laughs> yeah. dude, there's no such thing as a contract. And there's not a lot of dudes like that getting s- deals with major labels. That's what was so it. yo. It's that's that's why I got to yeah. give it to him though. Cause like I'm at the oh, game yeah. for example multiple times. Okay, um, this dude I worked with was cousins with first cousins mind you with jimmy henchman okay um and jimmy henchman obviously managed the game at the time and i met game multiple times and every i I mean throughout my career i've met so many big artists small and big artists but like way bigger than the game Right, yo. We also are recording in LA. Don't like shit on the game too much. I don't no, want no, 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 yo. Crazy that's what's funny is, yo. That's what's funny is, I fuck with the game's music. I fuck with his music. I really do. Music game. I always, I always have fucked with his music. But every time I met him, it's not to say that like, no, no, I, I don't I know dislike where you're going. him. I know where you're going and a level of authenticity. You don't though. Like, you don't though. This okay, is, this is the thing. Touché I got a very specific vibe from him, and it was this. Every time I met him. I got this vibe where he didn't fuck with me because I was white. Like, really? Like, he, you know, he was like, here's this kid that, you know, is like, quote unquote, hip hop, but he's white, right? 
And this is at the point where, like, we're long past that, man. Come on. Like, you well, I mean, dude, if you're dealing with uh, any major labels, I mean, these are corporations, these are big entities. Like, there's fucking people from all backgrounds. Exactly. I mean, the dudes who own most of these labels, for the most part, are white. And you know he was bowing down to Doug Morris and Mellow Winter, but here I was, a low-level, you know, coordinator at the time. But what fucked me up is he has, you know, this dude that's introducing me who is a high-level A&R and the first cousin of his manager. So he wouldn't be introducing me. If you weren't uh, of some level of... Exactly. It was because he, like, this dude loved me. Okay. Okay. So I think it was like two or three times. And every time I got that vibe, right? And at that point I was like, fuck it. I don't ever want to see him again. Right. But then same dude is who introduced me to Mano. Right. When he brought Mano up, I honestly, shame on me, was like expecting the a same game vibe experience. because this dude is like just came out of seven years, yeah. got the fucking gash on his face, like it don't get any yeah. realer. He came up, he's like, "What's your name? What's you do? Like, where are you from? Blah blah blah." Yo, literally kicked at me for like twenty minutes to the point where he actually asked us to sit in chairs because he was tired of standing. <laughs> I was like, "Damn, dude! I, like, wow, that's that's like the realest shit ever." And then, even then, you know, thought really nothing of it afterwards. Three, four, maybe even more months later, he's walking through the label again. Mano. Second he make, yeah, Mano. Second he makes eye contact with me, with me, walks right up to me. He's like, yo, rock. was good, my dude. I was like, what? Like, this dude remembers my name and It's also good everything. business moves on his behalf, too, man. And that's the thing. I'm not going to say it was 100% like him being a genuine human being. I, it, you know, I'm not that dumb, okay? He, being in his situation, prior situation, I think he, you know, learned things and implemented tactics yeah. that other people wouldn't, right? So he came into the game like, look... I am hard as fuck. Yeah. And I can, you know, press people yeah. when I need to. But that's not the way the game is won. Yeah. The way the and game is won. Especially it's less rough around the edges than it used to be too. At this Absolutely. Time. Disgusting. And you know what? He's not 100% like, you know, he, he's not the biggest actor you'd ever hear of. But you know what? Mano's set, man. Mano's set for life. And that's it. And, and, and I think if you were to ask him in an honest one-on-one unrecorded conversation, how he feels about his career, he would say, fan-fucking-tastic. Because he went to jail for kidnapping, yeah, yeah. and now he's out set for life on yeah. the money he's making off music. And I also think that, like, uh, there's a lesson in that in that anecdote that you never know, when you come across people, especially in entertainment, dude, you never know who's going to end up where. There's a lot of ups and downs. People start young. They work hard. And if you want to have longevity in, in a certain realm of the industry, there's going to be people that you might have met a long time ago that were of lower level this or that who could become way up here. And, you know, you don't want to piss people off along the way. You never know down the line who who could be running this or that. You might need a favor. You know what I'm saying? There's no sense burning bridges unless there's a, you really hate who's on the other side of that bridge. You know, they're really, yeah. you know, I mean, I don't know. 
No, no, no. I, I 100% I think, agree I think with that's that. That's something I've always heard, and I knew that to be true because, and I've seen it. I've seen it happen. This, this is the this is the catch twenty two though, right? So I 100% agree with that, and I was that intern who, you know, looked at myself like I'm going to be that dude. As it, as I think anybody has to when you're starting off. Not right? necessarily, man. You have I've to you have to look at things like I'm trying to climb these ranks. Yes, and I'm but, going but to, you'd right? be surprised how many interns I've had work underneath me that you know. I could tell would be surprised if they were made an assistant, right? Whereas, like you know, people well, you have like to have me the faith in yourself, though you might have like seen me, them as weak. Jamie, but... like those are the people who had like the hunger. Yeah, right? you could see that. Yes, Rock was but, very hungry. But the thing His is, ribs are touching. The thing is, right where where I differ, and this is a problem, is when you take in like you know the realness factor and you combine that <laughs> with your hunger, factor. right? <laughs> It, all of a sudden, like, you know, me not burning bridges doesn't matter when I just f- fundamentally dislike somebody. Well, yeah. You feel me? Well, so when I see some somebody do so wrong yeah. that it's unforgivable, I'm sorry. Like, well, yo, like knowing you as a, as, a, as a friend personally, like, I know that's one thing about your character. It's kind of like a, it's an old school ethos that I, I possess a lot of people we know and we're friends with families and that's like an old school real dude kind of etho and I, I dig it uh, I think what's like, fucked uh, up is that used to actually further you in the music business it used now to further it, you in now life. it's fuck like music business you. dude in life, in life it would further exactly, you well, exactly. that, you know, I always have this conundrum and I talk about it on the podcast a lot sometimes I feel like I'm from a different era like I should have been a fucking cowboy we in the are 1800s or a uh, prohibition or whatever the way I was raised the people that raised me environments that raised me that they, they taught me these things that were helpful Throughout life, and even in the beginning of my music career, and then there was this point where it was a real abrupt transition. It I mean, was so abrupt. Transition I'm isn't glad you even said the right that. word. I'm it's glad not you a said transi- that. It was an abrupt change where way I was raised. It was a what, flash. What I was taught in, in in doing like you know the street shit too. That's the only place where it still persists and is uh, promoted, accepted, and encouraged. But it wasn't working in music anymore or most places anywhere even in hip hop anywhere and it was like for, for a dude like me an artist working really hard carrying those ethos in and I was like holy shit like what am I gonna do this fucking cornball and this dude and these guys are doing all these shitty business practices shitty personal practices cornballs how come nobody can see through this how come I'm getting left in the dust and these dudes are making moves but the guys who they were dealing with on the industry side or the business side are also accepting, adopting, encouraging, promoting those ethos and shit, the lack thereof, rather. And it was just fucking such a, a rough uh, thing to accept. And it was, took me, honestly, it took me a little while to learn to adjust. I don't know if I ever did fully. Because, I still have Because I, I like, like you, too much of a real dude, raised in that legitimately, not just That's the problem, dude. That's it. the so problem. it's like you can't shake who you really are. I can't shut really it off. Are. I can't you shut can't it off. You can't shake who you really are for any industry, any passion, any art, because you're built like that from jump. You were raised, you were molded like that. It's a very hard thing to change. I'll give you a broad example, okay? Um, You know, managing a a recent so-and-so met with- Insert your favorite artist. Met with, you know, uh, such and such executive, right? Right off, right off jump. Like, I don't like you. Wait, the executive or the artist? Executive. I don't like you. Like, we have no- Were you with the artist at this time? No, I wasn't with the artist. Just like on behalf of him. I don't like you. We have Not no surprised. business. But, you know, I'm at, at this point, I'm already at the point where I'm I'm like, I need to adjust. I need right? to like get it. I, I need to, you know, Ugh. make myself one of these people. Ugh. So I met with him and I dealt with him. And, you know, we had a second meeting. Okay. 
Second meeting, I was like, off jump, I fucking hate you. And man. was it a was this something that you guys are feeling and seeing, or were you concealing this at the time, or was it something that were like right away there was a I don't know a, if it was little, palpable to uh, him. What do you call that thing? Um, friction. Yeah, I don't know if it was palpable to him. Okay, but, but in your mind, you were like, in my mind, yeah. I was like, Ugh. I, I was tweaking, man. You know me. You know <laughs> how I tweaking. get. I'm no, tweaking. Yeah, I was tweaking. I mean, that's, dude, that. Like, I, I like to tell people how I feel. Yeah. Even well, if I feel very negatively. But if you are, if that's the kind of person you are, I feel like there's certain industries, certain career paths that, that is a, uh, what do you call it? It's, it, it's going to, it's going to hold you back. It's going to make you and less successful. And that's one right? of the biggest. And I mean, that's why people always say that dudes who want to go into like big business, but this was shit, fucked you got to have a little cold that's, morals. Dude, and, that's what's fucked up. I'm not an idiot. Yeah, I never course. would have gotten into the music business had I known that but, prior. But it the, wasn't like it was, that. Well, that's what that goes back to my thing. And this wasn't is, like this that. Is something I've always you know really when it abruptly changed like a flash. I could tell you the exact year. Five, six, seven. Two thousand seven. Yeah, dude, that was the year I moved to New York. Two thousand seven. I left Boston to do in music full time in New York. Right in a fucking I, I, flash. I had done my local thing. I I had made my accolades. I, I'd held the weight. I was quitting my fucking teaching job. I'm going to do music full time. I'm going to move to New York. I'm going to fire my manager. I'm going to get a new manager. I'm going to be immersed in the, in a place where the industry's thriving and I'm going to do my thing. And right during the, the first like five months when I moved to New York, that change came and it was like fucking, whoa, whoa. Couldn't get my footing at first. It was knocking me in my ass. And the way I carried myself, my new manager, thankfully, was like, yo, you gotta pump the brakes on some 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 of this shit. Like, maybe don't bring some of your thugged out friends around See, these that, meetings. I, I, I as a manager to, would they, never they say would that. They would tell me to like dumb down my slang, but I was like, yo, this is literally the way we talk. It was very uh, esoteric slang too, very Bostony, very like shit that even the New York dudes wouldn't get. They're like, yo, you gotta dumb this down. Don't bring these dudes around. Chill out a little bit more. See so that I, that I, I was, that I disagree with wholeheartedly because when it comes to artists. Like, That's what I thought. Like, take your boy Millie's, for example. Yeah. Okay. Shout out um, Millie's, uh, Damaged Goods, Russian Souvenirs podcast alum. Alum. And, Cambridge Mass. And, good artist. Check and his music dope out. Dope as fuck. Check out his music. M I L L Y Z. Um, but in regards to him, like, you know, he he's not dumbing down anything, man. He's coming hard as fuck, Cambridge. Like, the slang, the yeah, fucking. But, but this is a th- th- different time. Different, different time. time. I know what you're saying. I know you're saying. But my point, my point being is. Is that that's the ultimate mistake artists make? Is that you know, the, when the change comes in music, um, yes, it does come for artists, but mostly it comes for the business. Itself, yeah, yeah, right. And then what you have is business motherfuckers telling the artists exactly, like, exactly. When I would go to the, we play like you know A three C festival. So this, South is, by this Southwest, was your problem. And you have to meet all these bloggers and these people, and you got to act like right, this was your problem that your manager couldn't foresee. And frankly, I can't blame him because if you asked me in two thousand seven, I would have been yeah. And, no, as and well. nobody in the industry knew what the fuck to do at that time, even right. if they said they did. How does somebody like Millie's make it nowadays, or anyone else for that matter? Ski Master Slump God, fucking XXX, RIP. Um, you know, anybody like that. They make it on their own accord and then get signed. Okay? So the mold we came from, right? The blueprint mm-hmm. we came from was, nah, you just got to be dope. Get yourself in a label yeah. to an A&R. Prove that you're dope and get signed. That's yeah. it. And then Authenticity they, was big. Right. And that changed... So fucking abruptly. It doesn't even come across as a, a And you know what? You know what also like stands out in my mind, which was 2007? Kid Cudi, man. 
when we signed Kid Cudi, who, who was you with? What label was you with? At Universal time? Motown. Now he's on Republic. Wait, so was was he his first shit under Good Music under Universal? No, that was. Yes, it was. Okay, yes, okay. it was. Um, but only like it was a joint deal. So he was actually signed. Day and Night was signed by Fools Gold. Just a single. Yeah, track, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Which was a perfect label for an artist like him at that time to come out on. Absolutely. I mean, like, if yeah. you if you ask me, I don't think he ever belonged on Good and still doesn't. But um, when they when when labels in general saw the money, um, you know, they swarmed and they came to a mutual agreement where Good will sign him to a subsidiary label deal Good with Republic. Yeah, yeah. So that's what happened. Um, but my point being is that I didn't know this at the time. I only know it now. I know the Kid Cudi I met back then because I dealt with him a lot back then. You know, very uh, personable, very friendly towards everybody, you know, um, et cetera, et cetera. And he just, he knew what everybody didn't, man. He was which playing, was. he was playing the game that nobody knew you had to play. Which yet. was? Which was, it's no longer, you know, how good your music is or how hard you are. Now it's, you know, can you be friends with those people and yeah. like get them on your yeah. side and blah, blah, blah. Relationships became almost and more important. Than the won, not that Kid Cudi's not dope because he's dope. Man. But relationships. Oh, he, I love Kid yeah, Cudi, yeah. by the way. But I know what you're saying. But relationships he won over became more everyone. Okay. And I, you know, I thought that was Kid Cudi to the point where I was like praising Kid Cudi to friends and family. Like, yo, this dude is like one of the illest, mm. nicest artists I've ever met until he popped. And when he blew, a lot of people can say this about a lot of artists, right? They blow, they get a big head, blah, blah, blah. No, I know better with this fucking dude. I'm telling you. He blew and then he became himself. Like he just, he reverted back to himself because he was just playing the game, man. He was playing the game that it's nobody knew you had to play. To have. Okay. So yes, like he, I'm, I'm not like, I'm not downplaying the mental issues he has. He's supposedly bipolar now and the drug addiction well, issues he has. I mean, what if, also, what if, like, I don't know if I can kick Cuddy personally from a hole in the wall. I, I, do, uh, I do like his music. I appreciate more than even his music, the way he carries himself, what he puts across in his art and the, what he, how he wants to be represented or thinks other artists should be. Now, I, I don't know him, but I do know uh, psychoanalysis and stuff. What I would say for my almost near fucking Well, for, well first of all, hold on. Let me say this. I, what I said was, or, you know, in what I was saying, I don't mean that he became someone I disliked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not no, what I no, mean. I know, no, I know I what like him regardless. I know what you're saying. He, he Trojan horsed it on his way in. Exactly. But I mean, like, what if you're a dude, like, who makes real authentic music, like Kid Cudi, right? He, no, Which he always no, did. No content of always bullshit. Always did. Not caught up in the material shit. Not caught up in pleasing people and, and being in the, like, the motherfucker you call it, the, um... I don't know, man. Going to the corny award shows and being like, you know, singing and dancing, being like, yes, sir, like, cool, I'm a fucking puppet, right? Being an ill artist, and then you realize the fucking industry is still full of some like shallow, hollow bullshit. And trying to thrive in that as an authentic dude is very hard. We've seen what it's done to a lot of people. It's it's a tough one to have a, a little bit of a career and keep that <laughs> authenticity. So maybe that pushed him a little dude, more. I'm not discrediting maybe him. He's a I'm little more give, guarded. I'm giving maybe he's him over credit. His shoulder more. I'm giving him oh. credit for doing it. I mean, dude, I, I that's what I like about him. Even more to be honest it, I'm, I'm impressed he was able to do it just to get his first album out yeah but god you know if he were able to do it up until this point i would be utterly amazed and that's what i'm saying like he is an anomaly yeah at the very time it needed to happen 
I don't know if you realize it or not, but whatever happened is he just turned it on and went from, you know, like take me for example, if I was an artist, you know, I'm uh, unfortunately like I just find it impossible to fake the funk, right? Right here, brother. Right here. That's you know, what's been a plus and a minus for me. You know what? We're dapping. We're dapping. But I'll be honest with you, man. I used to give myself a ton of credit back in the day. Nowadays, no. I don't know, man. I I don't know if it's the good thing. I sometimes I think like maybe I should be able to fake the funk. I wish I could. Those thoughts and feelings you're having are natural, and I've gone back and forth with those. I think those are always thoughts that someone has because when you see someone who is faking the funk progressing and you're like fuck man you know what man I should just bit this bullet and and made this record bit this bullet and done this move and the thing is I will I'll keep it funky I've talked about this before no major things I did in my career but there were certain things I did certain songs I might have recorded with a producer or with this hook or whatever that other people were saying this is the move and I did fake the funk in a very small way here and there nothing yeah. crazy like I didn't do anything against my morals right. but I did do some of those things and down the line those were the things that caught up with me and made me want to start a band and, and switch genres and get the fuck out of that okay like, so different that's, things. that's it's different it's sickening me that's different you know aside from you as an example back to Kid Cudi as an example what he did was he faked the funk personality wise to win over everyone that needed to be in his corner but didn't change his music. He made the realest fucking music there was. Yeah, yeah, his yeah. first album yeah, is yeah, yeah. still his best album. Okay. Sure. So what I'm saying is I wish I knew how to do that. That's a fucking hard one, dude. And the, well, the thing, it takes a big toll. So maybe that, and I'm not saying yeah, this is, I mean, that can be something that pushes you po- to a certain place possibly. mentally. Maybe that put him there. Quite Imagine possibly. Rocco, if you fake the funk for mad years. You've seen Donnie Brasco. He fakes the funk for four or five years undercover and he almost comes Don- a gangster. I actually knew that. Of course, Brasco. he's a fucking Italian from New Jersey. He knows no, no, anybody no, crime no related. No mentioning names because he's a follower of this podcast. Okay. So shout out, you know who you shout are. Out. Shout we'll, out, you know who you are. Shout out, you know who you are. He's a follower. You got to tell me after we're off. Fo- he's a follower. All right. Well, thank um, you for listening. It's his uncle. Donnie Brasco's uncle? No. Joe- Donnie Brasco is his uncle, and I've met him on multiple Joe occasions Pistone. as a kid. Oh, Joe Pistone is the uncle of the follower. Correct. Ah. And I've met him on multiple occasions as a kid. Donnie Brasco. John Correct. Pistone. Yep. If you guys don't know, there's a great movie about it. There's great books about it. Joe Pistone, undercover uh, agent in... Uh, New York went undercover in the mafia under the name Donnie Brasco. Great movie, Johnny Depp, fucking uh, Al Pacino. And even uh, as a as 10, 11 year old down, kid, uh, large Bananos. amounts of the banana. He brought crime down family. the mafia. It was one of the biggest undercover shits in the mafia. Honestly, he ever. brought down the mafia. He really did. Yeah, he brought but, it down. But the point of that story, going back to Rocco shit, is he, this dude was undercover so long that he almost was becoming what he was pretending. And that's a Lost problem. So maybe, maybe a dude like yeah. Cuddy or any other artist who has to fake the funk that long, it might damage your actual credibility in your own mind. A hundred percent, but the grass is always greener. So in my perspective, it's like, what it. could have been if I, if I could do this? You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean... I, I, mean, think this, I don't know, man. I'm just like, uh, like you, yes, like yes. you, I'm a very inquisitive, overthinking type of person. No such thing. I used to think that there's no such thing. Uh, you know what I mean. I know, you know what I mean. I, I don't I, I don't actually mean. think there's a such thing as overthinking. I know what you mean, no. I, I feel but you. the point I'm making is that of course on multiple occasions I've pondered every possible scenario. But bro, I've pondered like things that I could have done that were outside of the realm of music that were extra foul and crazy but a little thing I could have done that would have brought me into a uh, financial I'm sure, I'm place sure we of, both could have been billionaires by I mean, now I mean, if we were to be different right people on, in the moment right there all I had to do was this and I could have had of course a lot and you know 
those are the shits that and you know what catch up with you sometime. Maybe it's not I don't, when you're not 30, even it might be when not you're 70, that. Not even 80. that. I don't care if it catches up with me. But you it will may, when it does, bro. No, dude, the way I was raised in is if, if I made that decision and became a billionaire, I would never feel good about myself. That's again. what I'm saying, bro. The that money catches would up with you at some point, if not it right away. It up with you immediately. Well, some people not so much. I've seen it catch up with people uh, way later. For me, there was things that caught up with me when I first drank ayahuasca. And, and, and I think that's cultural. Thing, a lot of shit I think it's cultural. A lot. We're both Catholic. and uh, But not even religious. I think okay. it's cultural. I think like, it's cultural. Okay. Culture goes Elaborate. beyond religion. People. Yes, okay. it does. We're both Polish. Yeah. Um, I'm Italian, you're not. Yeah. Irish, Polish. Polish and Irish. on both sides, okay, there's things that both sides of my family in both actual countries, Poland and Italy, like firmly believe that have absolutely nothing to do with religion. That's to true. the point that's where true. it's like the furthest thing that's from true. religion, okay? Agreed. And I feel like that's where those things come from. So, you know, morals, for example, has nothing to do with religion. At, at well, least, some, at least some, my relatives. Well, no, but some people, some, some more- Are rooted in sin. Are rooted in sin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not my family. Both sides. Not my family. They're like, I don't, I don't care if you pray to Jesus or what. Like, whatever. You know, it's right. It's right and it's wrong. It's, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know who put us on this earth, if anyone did. Why we're here- what we're supposed to do. All I know is something feels innately wrong yeah. to do some another human it's your moral compass. wrong. It's exactly. Your moral compass, bro. There's a reason it exists. Mm-hmm. And some people, maybe they should be applauded. I don't think they should. Can no, no. turn that off yeah. and, and do what they need to the do. The only time when, when we think about those people and like applauding, we're looking at them like they did achieve X, Y, Z, which I wanted to too. And they did this, and man, I really wanted it. Man, if I did it like them, I could have. But so that's the conundrum. So reflecting on that's uh, the conundrum. Do you want to turn it off, or do you want to? A couple episodes ago, I had uh, my man Kartik Rather on. uh, Great, a proprietor, proprietor of a bar and establishment. Sub Zero. So one of the things, (laughs) Sub Z. One of the things we talked about on that episode, if y'all listen, and Rocco and I talking about, we were talking about like regrets and things in the past, and Kartik was not. Super happy about certain. I've known him since we were 15. Certain ways he might have been when we were teenagers in our young 20s really fucked with, his, with, with, with him later, right? Mm-hmm. He, he's sober now. He's, not that he ever had a problem, but he's just he's clean, he's chilling. He's, he's got a wife, a fucking baby on the way. He owns a business. He's real righteous about shit. He, you know, he, he, he's uh, a lot different in some ways than he was, and it really still weighs on him. And he talked about it on the episode. And, uh, you know, it didn't catch up with him when he was doing it. He he was working for some corporate company doing some shit he hated and it finally was starting to hit him. He took the money he had, started his own bar and restaurant and he called it the people's last stand and started kind of getting behind some of the moral shit he really did believe and stopped hiding it and bowing down and realizing that, man, I definitely didn't like the way I acted and it, it caught up with him in his early 30s in a good way. So he, now he's a different person. Like my shit caught up with me when I drank ayahuasca. I know people who caught up with him when they're fucking 70 and they're alone and they got all that money and I mean, success look, I, with I, nobody to I obviously to listened to, to Cardick's episode and uh, I, I felt what he was saying and that's not at all what I'm 
explaining. Well, no, we're talking about more in a professional sense. He not even that. Not even that. Um, the people I'm talking about, so you're like Cardic, isn't even touching the surface. Well, of, I know. I mean, of, dude, I know guys who've done, yeah, moral, yeah, yeah horrible exactly. things. But I mean, he was. You don't know. He was. He well, was, that's the thing. Yeah. Is Cardic is like us? He actually has fucking morals, right? But I mean, they might so not you have do, been the 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 moral barometer. Might not have been like going like tweaking in in shit at certain points of his life until recently. That's you know? not necessarily true. It, I it mean, might look, cross your mind, but not, not long enough to make you change dude, your actions. I mean, look, uh, I'll be man enough to say it, and I'm sure you you could find your own examples. I've done shit that I knew was just wrong, right? And I'm not talking like, I've done a lot of quote-unquote legal shit, okay, in my lifetime. A lot allegedly, of which- Allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly. A lot of which I found morally absolutely no wrong in. Yeah, not everything illegal is a moral or wrong. And There's legal things you can do that are and, morally And frankly, wrong. that's what made me able to do it. If I found it morally wrong, yeah. I probably Yo, wouldn't have been able law, to do God's it. Man's law, God's law, or man's law, and and the law of like people and the laws by the state and the government; those are all different. Exactly. Just because the government and state has a law doesn't make it right. We've seen this before. Exactly. What I have not done, um, at least I can't even think of one example off the top of my head, is something morally wrong that is legal and i've been put in that position wait say that again i cannot i literally cannot think of one example of a time where i've been you know at a crossroads and like do this immoral wrong legally legally and further your career whatever right yeah and didn't do it man and in in the music industry you see this a lot and i've known people I mean, some of these people you know, not the artists, people uh, people on the industry side get into it and they change. It's like they almost wanted to become the shady industry dude before they even were it, right? Like they've only been at this label for a year. They, and and then, you know- It's funny you know how what? well you know that considering you didn't actually, like you, obviously you were an artist, yeah, but an you artist. didn't work in the well, business. As an artist, you're hyper alert to that because you hate all that shit. It's crazy how well you know that. Because I'll tell you I what, uh, again, I'm not going to name a name, mouse. but there's one dude that like dude, just jumps out them, at me. I could name a million of them. There's one dude that jumps out at me. We were interns together and I knew him as an intern, man. He was a real cool dude. you want to climb the ladder fast? And now, now he was an he's an upper echelon executive that is somebody that I do not even want to like see from Dude. three blocks away, let her, let alone Bro, have a conversation. I mean, with. there's art on the artist side of it. There's artists I know who 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 made those concessions and they got further than me, and I was jealous. And I was like, fuck, man, maybe if I X, Y, and Z. And I never did. The little concessions I did make, I regretted so much that if I had ever made the big ones to get far, I wouldn't even like, I would have been so mad because so my that's art would have suffered. Because my art, you know, most artists' art comes from the heart, comes from a real place. Hindsight is, is twenty twenty, obviously. Okay. But if I could tell you from is my- it? I'm joking. Fuck if I could up. tell you from my professional experience- um, Please tell us. I know what you're saying, and you're absolutely right. There are certain instances where you know artists make concessions and succeed. Certain instances, um, many instances, but but it, in most cases, like someone's forcing the hand. No, nah, it's not even that. Um, you know, you got to find a way to balance. I'm it. not saying you, you. I'm not saying you stay the same, right? So, like, let's say it's 2007. Like a flash, the industry changes, like we were talking about, right? And you're an artist, and you know, manager asks you to make this pop record that's similar to the one that's popping right now. Okay. That this happens even without, time, even without hindsight. Okay. 
That's a no-no. That's that's a no-no. Yeah, that's but, just. But a as no-no. an artist, when the carrots dangle in front of your face you and they say, "Look, these guys did well, the same thing," and it worked. You just said it. As an artist, you're not the yeah. manager, man. It's not your business to know the business, right? Well, yeah. Okay, so that's number one. But the bottom line is that's a no-no, no matter what. So if you're an artist out there. Take my advice. Never do that. You just don't sacrifice your art because that will hurt never you. Never do the line. what's popping at that the time because the by the time your song comes out, something matter. else yeah. is popping. And you will regret that shit. It really does hurt your soul when you sacrifice your art. That's the only thing you have pure left. Absolutely. Whether you make financial success, mediocre success, uh, artistic success, any of that shit, when you sacrifice your art, that shit will fucking not make but, you happy. But my point is that the difference between the artists and the executives, right? The music business and the people that are actually, you know, making the musical content is music changes in a fucking flash, right? The business doesn't change. Still shady. It's shady as fuck, but it doesn't change really until the digital era. It did did when the digital era, but once it changes, it lasts. So think about it. Since 2007, it changed like a flash. And ever since then it became Spotify. SoundCloud, Apple Music, you know, whatever, title. And people took a little while getting used to it, but now that it's set in stone, it's like everybody can make sense of it. Everybody knows how to make money, et cetera, et cetera, right? But if you're an artist, um, you know, Little Pump puts, puts out Gucci Gang. You make a record that sounds like Gucci Gang and put it out two months later, Good fucking luck well, making know, that man. record There's a pop. gang of records I always hear that sound like the next like Gucci record. Gang? Nah. Not a Gucci Gang, but I'm saying there's so much, maybe because I don't pay attention with the industry here like you, there's so many records that have a sonic similarity that I just, that's why I tune out like a, a lot of like shit. You sound like an old man. I am an old man. Old man like snake. Old look man. at all the goddamn gray hairs in my beard. Those are my girlfriend's fault. Dude, honestly, me, uh, I love Yo, some of that shit. I love Trippy Red. I love... You work in the industry. You have to keep your ear to the ground. It's not, I don't it's not just because of that, man. I... More no, I swear to God, I swear to God, if I if I, mean, if, I, if I was just Joe Schmo, based on the way that I felt Shout about Joe. based on the Schmo. way that I felt about Schmo. music since a young kid, I have always just found like a need and an enjoyment in finding mm. good music before anyone else hears it. Right, well, I was probably part of the. Why well, I want to become yeah, an A and R, right? And you, that is true. That's always been your steez. Exactly. So people hate on like quote unquote SoundCloud rap. Man, I'm telling you, I hate derogatory terms for that. There's first of all, I hate the derogatory. And all, Yo. all rappers, all musicians use SoundCloud. You fucking listen to damaged goods on SoundCloud. And look, it's fucking I, great. I hate to be one of the people glorifying him because like a lot of people were glorifying him just because he just died. But yo, XXX, like dude was. Incredible. Really, man. I never heard a song. At least I didn't know if I did. But you know, when I don't listen done, to most shit. When we're done, I'll play you a couple snippets, All right. snippets of joints, Snippet. and you'll be like, "That's dope." Right. Another one, Lil Peep. You ever Which heard? One, of him? Is that died, one of the one that died? He died of an yeah, overdose. I don't know. There's a, so let me break it. Let me break his so many down for you. You ready for this? Goals. He basically took grunge music, right? Like I don't, like I don't gothic know grunge. Like, Where this is going? Well, grunge he, rock, he, drunk, grunge right, rap. like like yo, he was a a huge Nirvana fan. Okay, mm-hmm. put it that way. Took grunge music and put it over trap beats. Uh, uh. Dude, I'm telling you, he's got joints, mm. joints. Um, I mean, I can give you example after example, you know. But the bottom line is, like, I I weed through it all. Like, you better believe a lot of these artists that people rep heavily. I think they are absolutely fucking terrible. Mm. Um, but some of them I think are absolutely great. 
um, you know, some I think have a couple good songs, et cetera, et cetera. Like Shake Well, for example, the song that we were talking oh, yeah, about before, yeah. right? I love that song. Everything else he's ever put out, I hate, you know? So, like, I'm, but I'm that dude. Like, yeah, yeah, I listen yeah, yeah. to that much music where I'll find the one song in your entire catalog. Oh, yo, if I can artist should be glad that Rocco's working in the game and not me because I'd be that dude. But that's why I'm not working because I couldn't do That's why I couldn't be a DJ because I couldn't play records I don't like. Just you know what, though? Other people aren't either. To. I just, I just like, I know what I like, I know what I don't like, and I love the liberty I have. We're, I still work in entertainment and music, but I don't work in a place where I have to Look, ever do anything I don't like, or listen to what I don't like, or, or pretend I love you to death the way, the exact oh, way you are. Okay? But the, this pause. comes a rock over. Do you have to pause? pause. No, no, no but, no but, no but, no but. All I'm saying is, all I'm saying is that. First of all, but I don't work in the game. Why do I have no, to? No, no, no. It has nothing to do with working in the game. That's what I'm saying. It has nothing to do with working in the game. First of all, you are so open minded to music. You know, out of all Genre-wise, my genre wise, for sure. Yeah, for out of sure. all my friends, like when I say I like this, uh, and I tell you that, you're like, artist. oh, I love that record. Yeah. Or if you haven't heard it yet and I play it for you, you're like, I love it, right? I have a musical so history. That's, that's that's where I think that you just haven't heard what you need to hear. I don't think. I think you dislike it for the right reason because well, you heard the wrong well, shit. I, I'm not saying I dislike like XX. Uh, I can't even pronounce XXX it. XXX I, I, I can't say I've never. Heard, I can't say I know a song. So I'm not saying I don't like it. But the the description of the grunge rap shit. But whatever. Yes. Maybe go that's on, the wrong on, descri- on, on. description. But you know, part of your gig is listening, searching, finding, discovering. Like that my has, shit is I'm like. You, has I love when any music of any genre comes across my way either through a friend but not like yo you gotta listen to this we're in the whip and I what was that or somehow I heard it once or twice somewhere and then I'm like what the fuck is that I love when I find shit organically cause I fall super in love with it and not just hip hop shit but yeah, like indie that. rock shit weird producers fucking old shit I never knew about for me that that's the shit that I will always rock and then I'll go find the dude's whole catalog or whatever they're gonna be coming up on see next. that's what sucks is like I'll come and I, I, I try to be as choosy as possible because obviously I want to put like, you know, you and every other close friend of mine on like yeah. 30 songs a day it's that I'm feeling. Yeah. Um, but I try to be selective. And how yeah. many songs do I actually send people? Like one song every two weeks? Yeah. Right? What? Um, like Niles, right? When I sent you Niles Lager, yeah. and you heard that song before, yeah. but and it was that, like everybody was... But that's a better way to do it. I think when you're dealing with dudes like me, perhaps, is not hitting us with too much to deal with. Giving us one because then it's like, wow, this must... Well, well, that good. that and that song, for example, was everybody just kind of seemed like they were down, man. And I just hopped in the yeah. group chat and, and read like you know a good two paragraphs, and I was like, "Yo, this is down." Feel man. the music, like you know what? Everybody needs like a little Go music. Pick me up, to, little vibes. I do. Like, I love making mu- playlists of music like that. For it's those not even a pick me up song. It's a song that like that a, like you, you, you listen to. to. Yeah, yeah, I love that sad. You music. listen to it, and it, like you know, that, it listen. You listen to it, and it takes your negativity. To subterranean. In a good way, though. To get it the fuck out, man. Yeah. You flush it out. Well, you, we were talking about this at the pool earlier about how you, you don't like to drink alone. When I would be in my saddest, it's deepest, that I don't lowest. I like to drink alone. When I would be low, I though, I would like to go drink alone and listen to these fucking playlists I made of music that what we're speaking about. And I was, smoke and do it, that. It made, well, I do that too. I would do both. But it would help. It'd be like a therapeutic session where I would go a little low with the music so I could come back up. And it was fucking radical and it made me very. 
I don't know, it, it was like this unique moment with me and the music together, kind of just having this bond and helping me through it. And I, I always have playlists where I add more joints to that. Or if a, if a shitty moment or bad thing happens to me, I can go right to that playlist right. and, and rock with it. Oh, just, yeah. No, you know it's definitely my steez. I mean, and, I'm pulling uh, my playlist right now, as you see, like... Um, Deep sleep, yeah, yeah, atmosphere, and that's calm. the coolest thing about music now and streaming services. And even when iTunes first came out, you can make a playlist for every mood, every vibe. You got a house party, you got a shit with you and your lady, or, or whatever late night in the bedroom. You got a fucking early morning ride on the train, like shit. Your fucking podcast, your gym workouts, music, like all that shit. I Bl- like that because you black need that. books. That's what I sent you guys, Niles uh, Lofgren. Or Lofkin. Look at Rock on his books. musical knowledge, dude. So smart. And Yo, I mean, how dope was that song? Did you listen to it? Uh, you sent me a few that I can't. Like I said, you'd have to play it for me and yeah. say this is the one. I will play. But it for I you like. I will it. say, being the grumpy old man who's still not an old man, I like having friends like you who do throw that shit my way. So at least I know it's coming from a, a perspective and an opinion I respect. Because I got other dudes so check who, this who out. love everything. They love everything's a classic. That actually, a that actually, you dilute the truth that way. That actually um, focused me in on a different profession, which so, is music supervision, right? What music supervisors do is they sync music. They put a song to a picture, you know, film, TV, advertisement, etc. Right. So when I learned what that was, like, this is how. I mean, it's crazy how much, you know, information has changed over the past what few fucking years. Internet, man. Because when we were in college, man, I didn't, I literally did not, I heard the term, but I did not know what a music supervisor actually did, right? But now, that's probably, no, that's probably like the optimal thing for me, right? Oh. Copy that. I mean, that's probably the optimal thing for me is like finding... And you I know, also that is something you're good at. It's I, like I mood setting. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, like scoring or, or it is scoring placement. It, instead of playing music to the film, you're you're yeah. you know, it's like That's a good, it's like Knights in White Satin yeah. in um, Blues. Bronx Tale. Yeah. Okay. Right? So like that's I literally just posted that on my mm. rock group account. Yeah, yeah. That is one Woody of Blues, the Knights most, of White Satin, dude. Fucking that if is, you don't know that, go go check that. And especially the way it was used in a Bronx tale, that is literally one of the most perfect pieces of music supervision I've ever seen and heard in my life. That's a good point that you make too, because I think in, in things not just films, but ads or, or, or shows. Everything. Where if a song is, is placed in a certain way in a very memorable scene, people either uh, who don't know that song will come to find it and love it because they associate it with this very impactful moment in something else or they'll go search it out or they revisit it and you know, love it again and, and bring it back up. Makes, you know? It's nostalgic, I man. Mean, it yeah, makes you think of something. There's a lot of things like that. I can't you know? hear Nights in White Satin without thinking of a Bronx Hill and that's not a bad thing. No, that's my father's favorite song. Uh, and I, he likes it. he song. loves the Moody Blues and they have great records. But that, I love Moody, that's Moody a, um, Blues. That's probably the most notable record and it's great regardless if it's the biggest hit. It's a very good one. Yeah. Um, you know, I love Dear Diary too, man. You ever heard Dear Diary? Probably. I mean, oh, I've God, heard so, so many good. fucking Moody Blues records. My pops loves the Moody Blues. But um, yeah, as far as like syncing commercials, I mean, sync has always been a big thing. You know, if you get your song in a movie, if you get your song on a TV show, it's big money. Big money. But big people, time. But, but artists, believe it or not, prior to the digital game, did not really opt to sync their music and advertisements. It looked like a cheap yeah, yeah, ploy, yeah. right? Like you got you got money for it, 
Yeah, but, but it was like, yeah. It was like, what are you getting money for? It's, yeah, it's yeah. in a fucking well, then again, Toyota that, that, commercial. That, that ties back into what we were talking about, about credibility, authenticity, uh, shit like that. Doesn't seem to have, doesn't carry the weight it used to. And people almost reward you for getting your money no matter what the cost is. Good for them. They got this ad in this blank it, commercial. Right. Where you might have been before, like, yo, you're corny as fuck for doing that blank commercial. Now you're going to lose your actual fan base. You might have gotten some residual checks and a little exactly. quick pop money, but your real fan base is going to bail on you. Now it's rewarded. It's rewarded to make successes at any level and, and it, you don't want to be a hater. I mean, so no in one a word, wants, what you know, changed it was desperation. You had artists that no longer had revenue Well, yeah, yeah, streams. yeah. We're, we're losing the revenue stream yeah. of the of the record, the, the CD, Yo, the that's cassette. the Beatles, like, obviously, not all the Beatles are alive, but, you know, Paul McCartney and Ringo at the Allegedly time. Allegedly Paul McCartney. I'm joking, I'm joking. Actually licensed JK, no K, JK. Their, their music for, I think it was an Apple advertisement. Because they own the whole fucking catalog, right? They didn't fucking license it. Yeah, Apple they owns own them, don't Michael them? Jackson's catalog. Motherfucking Apple probably owns you and me, goddamn Skynet, goddamn Google. Oh, no, Apple doesn't own it. No, 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 I'm saying the Beatles. The Beatles own Michael Jackson's catalog. I thought, no, word, I thought. Beatles own Michael Jackson's no, no, catalog, No, I thought fucking bro. Apple bought it. Beatles. Actually, it's Paul McCartney specifically. So I have Paul McCartney's Swiss Army knife that he left in my parents' house back in the West Indies when he would like come and chill. Should and give it back it. to him and see if he'll trade you for the Michael It was a very nice one, dude. It made me feel like MacGyver when I was little because it was a fucking old school one. It was funny. Uh, we're going tangent and tangent That's right a true now. story. But, no but um, we were talking about... Sting? Who, no, I think it was Nas the other day. Oh, yeah, because Nas's new album dropped in, 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 EP, in, really. a, in a, a chat with Ev, Big Ev mm. and Scoot. Um, we're talking about like Nas's best albums, blah blah blah. Obviously, Illmatic and Nas or uh, Ev was like, "I'll be real with you, I don't like one song on it." And I forget the name of it, but Fuck. but I, I bet you'd agree with me. What uh, represent? Don't look at no represent. Come on, what halftime? No, I love halftime too. No, not you. I'm saying what it was a song on. No, no, no. no. Not You'll a, agree with me. You'll there's agree no song in Illmatic. Yes, I there like. is. I watch, love them all. So watch. You're you'll not agree gonna, with me. You no, know, I like them all. I know I have the record, Rocco. I've had it, the cassette when I was a child. Watch. You'll agree with me, Rocco. I'm not going to agree with you that I don't like represent one, one time. time for your mind. I like all. Do, I listen to this album straight. I'm through, not saying though. it's a bad song, but everybody talks about, about it's a perfect album. It is good, dude. But even that's not perfection. I love. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I love it. I love the way it fits. Point. I like the back and forth with his boys. Point being point being is right. There's always going to be a weak link. What I said in response was nobody's going to come out with that good of an album at 19 unless you're Michael Jackson. And that's come on, man. Like MJ came out with. Yeah. Oh, as it mean in your youth, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. As a 19 year old man. Yeah. Yo, MJ. 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 MJ's yeah. not discredited, but I almost feel like he's not credited enough. I mean, dude, he's kind of like the fucking only dude besides he's the Jesus goat, Christ dude. that was known around the world that big. So I don't think he's undercredited. He makes my fucking no, no. no but this is my this, so this is what I mean. Okay. Yes, he's credited as having hit records and et cetera, et cetera, and as a performer. Right, um, dude, he's pretty well credited. I don't think no, he's no, underrated. I, I, of course, I agree with you. But what I'm saying, you ever heard "Stranger in Moscow"? Maybe. I don't know. I get know the record off. The if top. you don't know off the top of your head, that yeah. proves my point. Yeah, that's one of my favorite MJ songs. Of I mean, all I'm, time. I'm the guy who's always Prince over MJ, and, and that's me. Though. I love Prince. I know. I'm just that's just me. Me and Gary Holt, the guitarist. The only Slayer, reason I can't agree with you is because they're two totally different artists. I know, but they always get. 
held together because especially in the 80s in the early 90s which there is was stupid. A, and they had competitive very competitive more yeah, on Prince's side which is stupid which is stupid that's just me I'm Prince not should, Prince should be compared to the 70s artists he not could, 80s he could be compared to like Curtis Mayfield more than anybody exactly a, a exactly production but Prince is one of my favorite artists yeah. of all time that's the only plaque I've ever hung because it's the only thing that I'm that proud of Oh, you earned a plaque for Prince? Yeah, man. Motherfucking Rocco, way to fucking wave your dick around, dude. Hell, Hell yeah. God damn. You kidding I feel me, very inconsequential. The purple one? Come on, man. He's Pretty one bad. of, if not my favorite artist of all time. He's fucking- Incredible. He's kind of one of the Yo, goats. can I tell you the story tell of the how story. I met him? Please. I didn't even know you met him. Tell me. Well, met him is a loose term. Tell us. But it's, it's that legendary of a story, and the fact that he was so, like, off-putting made it even yeah, better. I'm not surprised. So- you know, it's before the album dropped, right? 312. Um, I hear through the grapevine, Prince is showing up. So I'm like, yo, fuck everybody. I'm going to wait outside for this motherfucker because <laughs> I do not get starstruck. Uh, I'm not a fanboy, but we're talking about Prince. He's a guy who could impregnate okay? your girlfriend by staring yo, at her. Literally posted up outside Universal for a solid hour and a half, right? Was kicking it with like multiple different people that went on lunch break, came out to smoke cigarettes. Next thing you know, a limo pulls up. I'm like, yo, this is it. And I forget who was next to me. I was like, yo, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> get the fuck, go, step off. Like, what? I'm like, yo, I think yeah. this is Prince. Get the fuck away from me. They leave. Sure enough, limo door swings open. First, a big ass bodyguard gets out. Of course. But then I, this is a podcast. I apologize to the listeners. I wish I could imitate this on video because when I tell this story to most people, it has to be accompanied by what he actually did. Okay. This motherfucker floated, dude. When he popped out that limo, first of all, in platform shoes, of course, it sounds like I'm lying because it's so cliche, but an all purple outfit with a purple (laughs) top hat. Okay. He popped out so elegantly, man. It's like, how do you step out of a car like that? Like, how do you do it? It was almost like... Don't make him like that too much anymore. And he popped out and hit such a stride. All I wanted to do was walk up to him. I The whole plan was to walk up to him and be like, yo, I'm your biggest fan, blah, blah, blah. He hit such an immediate stride that left me so awestruck. Like stunned. That I was like, it was stunned. I just got to watch. Fucking hey, dude. So I watched and he strode up to the doors. The security opened the doors for him. Now, this is the most impressive thing I've ever seen at Universal. Okay. <laughs> security at Universal. They work, their security at Universal Music Group. All they do is let in celebrities. Yeah. Okay. I'm talking like Beyonce. Yeah. Jay-Z. They don't let through anyone. If you're Jay-Z, you're getting fucking carded. You're getting like, who are you? You know, blah, blah, blah. doesn't matter. Like if you're Jay-Z, like I need to see your idea. It says Sean Carter. This motherfucker walked through without a break in his step. Okay. Like, literally, the security guards were confused. Yeah, they went off. They were like, wait a second. Is this Prince? Should we stop him? Should we not stop him? Next thing you know, he's in the elevator, and it was over. Like, (laughs) they did not know what to do. Game blouses. Mm. 